The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. A while back, a listener wrote in a request that we do more shows based on the accounts of NDEs from the files of IANS. So that's what this show is all about today. We have uh, two fairly long accounts, and I'm going to e- open each uh, reading with a brief summation of the story, as pr- was provided by IANS to its members um, a few months back. And I hope this exercise will remind our listeners of one more advantage to becoming a member of IANS. And more than that, I would encourage, um, as you listen to this, to those listeners who have had NDEs of their own, to write them up and submit them to IONS. Uh, you can do this um, with uh, your name, or you can do it anonymously. Um, moreover, if you'd like to be on NDE Radio with me, let me know. You can contact me through um, TalkZone Radio. So the following is was the uh, monthly near-death experience uh, reported to members for December of 2016. Uh, this is a service that uh, IANS provides its members, a, a monthly NDE report. And, uh, of course, it's uh, reported here anonymously. In summary, in this account, a woman is hospitalized but remembers many things that happened while she was in a coma. She learns the importance of having a body and why we choose to come to Earth. She has shown some future scenarios, including her funeral and her children being raised without her. And after choosing to return, she felt she was cured miraculously. She writes, I was 25 years old at the time and did not know what was happening. My liver had failed, and all the toxins and ammonia had bled into my body and brain. I was in a violent coma. I was flown to another hospital and assumed they put me in an induced coma due to my violence. I was placed on a list for a liver transplant. The doctors told my family that I needed a liver or would not make it through the night. Well, I made it through the night and the following nights without a liver transplant. My liver rejuvenated 100%. I saw the light before they put me in the helicopter. I've always been a skeptic and I attended five different schools of different religions as a child. My mother's family was also very religious. I found them all to be hypocrites and conducted themselves in behaviors that were deplorable. So I did not trust anyone or anything. And when I saw the light, bright as it may have been, I thought, ha, everybody sees the light. Now I know why. It's the light from the doctor. I debunked that one. However, the light got closer, and I went deeper. I went through the tunnel of love that you have heard of and into space. The best way I can describe the feeling of love is, imagine you were the Beatles or Princess Diana, whoever you admire. You are on stage, and you look into the audience, and there are thousands and thousands of people who have come to see you. They are holding up signs with your name on it holding up lighter, shouting your name, yelling to you. Can you imagine how much love you would feel? 
Now, multiply that by a thousand. I had no preconception of heaven because I had been told so many various stories. So for me, I was just in space like Neil Armstrong would be, but without a vehicle. I was approached telepathically by three beings. I refer to them as angels or guides. They reminded me of the Golden Girls, a TV show. The smaller one to my left spoke the most. The medium one was on my right and would back up what she said. And the most powerful was behind me and only spoke when it was of the uttermost importance. I, I didn't see their size. I felt their strength and order of authority. They showed me my past as if it were a fast-forward film. And they showed me my birth, and that at approximately two years of age uh, was when we start making conscious decisions and lose our innocence, or in other words, become solely on earth. As babies, we can still transition between heaven and earth. They showed me every little thing I ever did wrong, from throwing kittens in the air and not always catching them on their way down to stealing money and someone else taking the blame. There was no judgment, only reflection. It was my consciousness that made me feel bad for doing all of the things I had done. They showed me what I had chosen to be and do before coming into this life. They explained that we are human, and if we were perfect, we would be gods. This is why we come to Earth, to learn. I had no body, so I could not hear by ears, could not see with eyes, could not touch nor smell nor taste. What I was, I was shown, when I was shown my past and future, they showed me all of our family holidays as well. I saw all of the food telepathically and from my stay on earth was able to imagine what it would taste like and what it smelled like. It was clear to me that as wonderful as this heaven was, there are many things you can only enjoy on earth, such as swimming in water, holding hands, the soft fur of a pet, sex, kissing, warm wind, food, and so much more. Also, if you have uh, unresolved issues, they do not go away just because you are dead. So if you hate yourself and commit suicide... You still hate yourself and are dead. It really is not much different than just closing your eyes. Your problems are still there. However, you are able to think more clearly. Your brain is fresh and alleviated of any damage, tiredness, illness, age, etc. They showed me my present, which was my funeral. I had two children at the time, three and six years of age. I saw them at the funeral, and they were playing with their cousins, not really comprehending what was going on. They showed me my mother, who was hysterically crying and grieving. I'd never seen her like that before. I never thought she loved me from the lack of emotions and emotional support that she displayed during my life. But I saw my children were fine, so I told the guides that I did not need to go back, that my children would be fine. And then I was shown the future without me. It was an apartment at the end of a hall, and there was a bedroom. We peeked in, and it was fitted for princesses. Pink, ruffled, canopy beds, 
uh, toys galore, beautiful clothes and furniture. I said, see, they, they are well taken care of. They told me, no, this room is for their stepsisters and showed me two little girls. Your children's room is over there. They opened another door, and there was nothing in the room but a single dirty mattress on the floor, no furniture, no toys, no clothes. It was at that time I told them I must come back and finish raising my kids, and I did. During my visit, I got to ask many questions. I asked why bad things happen. Why do we have roaches and ants? Why do we have wars? What is up with the Bible? Is Adam and Eve a true story? How was Earth created? Evolution and the Big Bang Theory? Or who is God? I got answers to all of my questions and more. There was no concept of time. You do not have a body. You do not need sleep or food. So there, there's no measurement of time. You can be in multiple places at multiple times as easy as it is to be at your computer and talking on the phone. They also showed me a mountain of garbage, and when I asked what it was, they told me, this is the remains of all the products that I had consumed in my lifetime that I had left behind. They showed me many effects that people's garbage and pollution have had on our planet. They showed me that all animals have souls and how disrespectful it was to pass by a deceased animal on the road without giving it compassion. I explained one could get killed attempting such, but they said it was just uh, how our how our times are. They they also said that plants have a soul too. Now th- this was hard for me since my since my NDE I've seen studies where they talk nice to one plant and nasty to a similar one, and one thrives and one dies. There are also plants that have senses and emit odors or react when touched, so I believe it now. I asked, how will we survive without eating plants? They said we were expected to eat plants and animals, that we just need to have compassion, respect, and appreciation for them. Gracing our food before eating is probably the best for now. Plants and animals knowingly sacrifice themselves for humans, so be appreciative. I was in a coma for close to a week. When I came back into my body, I remembered my adventure, but did not remember I had uh, kids or what year it was. I felt that I had been gone for a year or more from all the information and knowledge I had gained. My memory of my kids came back after a few days and I brushed off my adventure as it must have been just a dream until the things they showed me in my future came to fruition. Many other things they showed me I, I later found to be proven too. Miraculously, my liver rejuvenated itself 100%. <clears throat> On a sidebar, a liver did arrive as I was recovering. Someone ran into my room and yelled at the doctor, do you still need a liver? And the doctor replied, replied, no, go to the next one on the list. This procedure was fairly new at the time. It wasn't but a couple of hours later, I'm watching the news in my room, the hospital, and they're talking about a liver that had arrived at Tampa General Hospital, and evil Knievel 
was on his way for a much-needed liver transplant. So, yes, he got my liver. I always thought that because I came back to Earth to, quote, finish raising my kids, that when they turned 18, I would die. They they are now 24 and 27, with one expecting in November. I don't think we ever finish raising our kids, or at least I hope not. I am allergic to all medications, uh, whether it is over-the-counter or prescribed. I can only take uh, homeopathic, natural, aspirin, Benadryl, and steroids or other hormones. I, I break out into an itchy rash, which was the symptom I had just before liver failure. Years after, I went to an allergist who conducted a skin test with the most mild antibiotic. This was at a university hospital with a team of doctors. I was told they did not expect a reaction. My skin welted, became pussy and bloody and in a four to five inch diameter area. The doctor just said if I ever needed to take antibiotics, I will need to take them with steroids. However, in all of their careers, they had never seen such a reaction and they took pictures. Thank goodness I met a man who has healing hands. While at work, I was bitten by a brown recluse spider. The only remedy for this is antibiotics. Human resources told me to go to the hospital. I knew they could not help me. It was at the base of the back of my neck to my right. It was raised with a hole in the center full of pus and blood. My husband put his hand on it, and by morning, the area was flat. The color was normal, and only a small scab, the uh, the size... Uh, in size, the small scab in size was left. He had helped me on many other occasions. This may be irrelevant, but is um, how I survive today. I went to work in 2001 at the State Water Management District because I wanted to help our environment. I was there for 10 years. It was very political, and a lot of cases, we, the inspectors, the hydrologists, the geologists, and environmental scientists found to be illegal and irresponsible, were being brushed under the rug. The economy also tanked, and the governor was cutting jobs drastically. It was disappointing because for many years we protected our water resources, wetlands, and animal habitats. I then had a desire to help senior citizens. It seemed to have uh, a calling to, I seemed to have a calling to help people that were about to die. After I would visit, they would pass. It would just happen. I don't know why it kept happening to me. I I would be the last person to see them alive, aside from the staff. I have no fear of dying. I am happy to be there to help those who are about to die. Because of this, I took a management position at a senior apartment complex. Of 60 units, I had six people and one dog pass my first year. I would tell them the choice is theirs if they want to live. I found that those who chose to live seemed to come back at a price. Just as I am sensitive to drugs, I have seen others survive but suffer from some other issue or some other condition. It has been an honor to be present during the time of one's passing or choice of living. I have witnessed many miracles. On one occasion, a doctor told me of my resident's carotid artery that it was completely blocked on one side and 98% blocked on the other. They didn't expect him to live but a few days 
because he refused any surgery. That was almost two years ago. A local hospital on occasion uh, with my dog. Um, I visit the local hospital hospice on occasion with my dog and plan to do more as time permits. At this time, I am focusing on writing my book, opening a local book um, and metaphysical store and being a grandmother. And there ends that first story. Okay, our second story uh, is about a young woman who faints and is revived but remembers things that happened while she was out. First darkness, then being in a car, then flying through a canyon, headed toward a pure white light. Then a voice brought her back. She shares the effects of this experience on her life and her interpretation of various aspects of it. As she and many NDEers suggest, it is likely uh, that our experiences are customized for us. And in addition, they observe that time does not seem to behave the same between this side and the other realms. She writes, I experienced my NDE as a 19-year-old university student during a particularly strenuous and exam-laden part of the semester. I had been stressing and studying and had no neglect and had neglected to eat or sleep much that week. I was outside one night, my boyfriend of the time and another friend uh, with them to unwind and take a break from the books. We were having a pleasant and commonplace chat between us. It smoked a bit of marijuana, which was something for which I had quite a tolerance, and it smoked a few cigarettes. I used both of these substances, marijuana and tobacco, on a frequent basis with no negative effects. But that night, I suppose due to the combination of mental and physical stress, along with the substances, I suddenly began to feel very faint. In a whirlwind, I felt my blood pressure plummet and my vision began to be interposed with a, with black dots, dots ringed around the edges by a sickly green. I was leaning against a car beside my boyfriend and tried to reach out for him and call his name, but I was unable to at that point. As the black dots multiplied and filled my vision, I knew that I was going down. There was an intense buzzing in my ears. This was my first time fainting, and the impression I had was like, film running through a projector which had had ignited and started to be eaten away at spots finally to be consumed by darkness all was perfectly black and quiet at this point i had no awareness of my body and felt nothing it was just blank and silent no thoughts just blackness very soon after i suddenly found myself in the middle, middle back seat of a car there were four other people in the car one in each of the other seats. This phase of my experience is hazy. I did not look closely, closely at the people or my surroundings, but it was a place with a subtle brightness to it. I was frightened and confused, but not overly so, because I felt that these people were there to protect and help me. I am an only child, but I felt as if these people were my four brothers, people I had known my whole life. I have the notion they were all male and a little bit older than I was at that point in my life. I was aware that they were communicating amongst themselves, debating on where to take me. I did not perceive the specifics of their conversation. I just caught the general gist. 
I trusted their judgment and kept quiet. I did not have to wait long for them to make their decision. Next thing I know, I was barreling down a pristine white enamel canyon at breakneck speed, wind whooshing through my ears. I first thought that I was riding on the back of a brilliantly colored bird as I found my vantage point to be right above it. It was white with a very faint tinge of lavender, and its feathers were swirling with moving iridescence. Everything, including the bird, emanated a pure, otherworldly white light. It was all etched in sharp, clear colors. It was the most beautiful place I had ever seen. There were stately green trees growing up from the canyon floor and a small crystalline stream that ran through it. The bird lowered its flight to tree level, and I was weaving in and out of the tall trees going faster than I have ever felt myself move. I worried that the bird might accidentally connect with one of these trees, uh, pummeling us both. At this point, I realized that I was the one controlling the bird's actions. I actually was the bird. My vantage point switched to the eyes of the bird itself. I confidently navigated between the trees, right, left, right, as if it were second nature. I knew at this point that there was somewhere I had to go, that it was the most important thing I have ever done, had to do. I somehow knew that at the end of that canyon, toward which I was straining with my every fiber, lay perfect bliss, love, and acceptance. I've never wanted something so much as I wanted to reach my destination in that place faster, faster. A voice started to call me from behind. I ignored it. It persisted and eventually started grabbing at me. I was supremely annoyed that anyone would think to bother me at this time, the most important moment of my life. In a fury and physically sickened by the interruption, it seemed that I momentarily glanced back as if to say, What? Go away. That's when I woke up in my old body, in my old life, it felt like someone had hung the shabby, moth-eaten drapery of reality around me again, blocking that beautiful place from my sight. I was profoundly dejected. I'd been so damn close. As I lay on the cement, head-throbbing, gut-churning, I couldn't help but think that I had been dropped back into the dream world. This place, this reality, seemed so much foggier and darker than the other place, so much less real. I was informed at this point that I had fainted, took a pretty good hit to the head on the pavement, remained unconscious for a time, then had a seizure. I had perfect recall of the reality that I had experienced and spilled it out enthusiastically to somewhat uninterested ears. I think it's pertinent to note that my NDE timetable seems to match up with what happened to my body in the physical world. Namely, I was in the car while passed out cold, and was flying through the canyon during the during the seizure. The actual timing of these events seems to line up. About two minutes out, cold in the car, and one minute seizing, flying. In any case, my disillusionment with reality did not last long at all, maybe a day or two. More than anything, I had felt a profound gratitude for being shown something which most people are not permitted to see in this lifetime. It has given me a bolstered sense of confidence that the universe is good and that it is constantly ready to take us up in its embrace of perfect love. We are not alone, and there is no reason to fear death 
as it is not an ending, but a beginning. I think about and draw strength from my NDE every day. I was not raised with any sort of religion, and I still mistrust it as an imperfect human invention, prone to manipulate people for worldly ends. But if it brings you comfort and peace, go for it. I now believe in God, if I may call it that. God, for me, is the gentle light which imbues everything with being, and which loves us all. I think that if uh, such a thing as hell exists, it must be your own conscience temporarily making you suffer for your misdeeds because the light that I felt had no taint of judgment. My very personal experience of and relationship with this light brings me untold comfort and motivates me to do good in this world. I feel more empathetic with others than before and less judgmental. I realize more now more than ever that kindness and helping others is a direct manifestation of the light, and the best we can do in this world is to multiply the incandescence of God here on earth. It feeds our souls and the souls of others. Why else would we be here in this flimsy and imperfect place? Suffering exists to give us a chance to overcome and to grow, to create something beautiful out of something ugly. is the ultimate gratification. A few comments on my health related to my NDE. I suffered from periodic migraine headaches before the incident but have not had one since then, almost 13 years ago now. I'd never had a seizure before the event and have not had one since. Epilepsy has been tested for and the results were negative. An MRI was also performed after the event to assess the extent of any brain damage and none was found. I I am afraid of having a repeat fainting episode and I have the feeling that I could just, quote, fly out of my body, unquote, At any time, ironic as I have lost my fear of death, I guess pain and suffering still scare me. This is a source of anxiety, but one that I have learned to dampen. I seem to be more sensitive to loud noises and pharmaceuticals than ever before and have lost interest in certain superficial things like popular television and the accumulation of material possessions. I continue to struggle with lifelong self-esteem issues, but I feel that I am finally beginning to come to terms with them, not in any small way because of my NDE and the insights that it has given me, insights which seem to become even more powerful as the years go by. As a last thought, I do not doubt that the details of my experience were specific to me. This is not to say that it was unreal, rather that we embellish or someone else embellishes this experience for us to be as personally salient and comforting as possible. For me, being a passive passenger in the car was relevant because I had not yet learned to drive at that point in my life and struggled with self-esteem issues. The age and gender of my helpers would represent the demographic in whom I could trust and have confidence in at that point in my life. Also, more helpers equals more confidence, which I was seriously lacking at the time. The bird can be seen as a stylized version of my cherished pet parakeet that had died about one year before the event. Taking control of the flight of the bird is an affirmation of ability and self-worth which I have struggled with in my day-to-day life. The trees were deciduous species similar to those native to my birthplace. I have always been fascinated with streams and creeks 
and would haunt these places as a child. The white enameled canyon resembles the edges of the bathtub that we had in our house when I was growing up. Notwithstanding all of these personalizations, certain elements of my experience resonate with the NDEs that multitudes of others have had. So it seems to me that the path is essentially the same in most cases, but the details are specific to the person having the experience. The universe without matter exists and is malleable to our thoughts. Not only is it more real than this contrived world, but far more magnificent. And there ends that account. And I would just like to add to that. Um, uh, in uh, one of my editorials in the Vital Signs magazine, um, I think it may not have come out just yet. I tried to differentiate between um, drug experiences and NDEs or OBEs because I wouldn't want a listener to think that this um, uh, story that was just relayed was as a result of smoking marijuana. Uh, drugs do not give you anything like the experience of an NDE, but they can trigger an out-of-body experience, and, and that uh, is just as real as uh, anyone uh, who has uh, had an NDE. So you have to differentiate between the two. The drugs won't do it for you, but if they bring you close to death, then uh, they uh, certainly uh, your experience is just as real as anyone else's. Well, I want to thank the folks at IONS for all they do and for sharing some of their accounts of NDEs with us today. If you'd like to listen again to this or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. For more information about the work of IONS and how you can become a member, check that, check out that website, iands.org. And tune in next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening. <laughs>